Father, the creator of heaven and earth, we give you all the praise because of your love for us. Thank you because of revealing your mind to us and making known to us that which you have provided for our sustenance here on earth. Lord, we see be exalted in the name of Jesus. Lord, we are grateful because your word says you have blessed us with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Just as you have chosen us in you before the foundation of the world, began that we should be holy without blame before you in love. Thank you for adoption. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. Thank you because of your plans. Thank you because in your mercy you've chosen to make known to us your counsel that which was not known in generation past. Thank you for speaking to us. Thank you because you are interested in making us be exactly like you are. We give you the praise. Father, as we study your word, this very hour, Lord, we pray you speak to us. You will address every issue of our life, of our lives. There will not be any aspect of our lives that will not be addressed in the name of Jesus. In areas we are confused, Lord, we pray the light and direction will come for us in the name of Jesus. The scripture says that light came for the righteous in darkness. Lord, that light will receive where our career is concerned, where our marriage is concerned, where parenting is concerned, where ministry is concerned, where relationship is concerned, in the name of Jesus, that will be edified, that will grow up into you in all things. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for granting our request in Jesus' name. Amen. This morning, I'm going to speak on what I have titled Eternal Truth. And I'm going to be doing so many things alongside. And that includes some of the thoughts the Lord had put in my spirit before time. And also, I may also need to dive into what I have explained in time past in order to clarify certain things and to lay some emphasis. This will be inevitable in this picture. But altogether, I will be showing you principles from the Word of God and how the Word of God becomes reliable. Also, I'm going to be showing you the value of the knowledge of God and how God prioritizes that you come to know Him. You know, over time I've been speaking on this and I don't think there's any time where we stop this truth. I mean, we will stop communicating this truth because the fact is that a truth known of God is better than 1,000 or 10,000 promises of the scriptures. That is how vital it is to know the Father. And that is how important it is to prioritize the Father. A truth to know of Him is important than 10,000 promises you claim from the scriptures. And the funniest is that there are many people today who are much more concerned about what they want to receive from the Father but they are not actually keen or bent on their relationship with Him. Alright, so I want to speak about eternal truth. And from saying eternal truth, I want to speak on God's unchanging principles. God's unchanging counsel that which He had ordained would be regardless of time regardless of the age, regardless of the conditions around us or around that thing. For instance, the Word of God says in Second Thessalonians that the will of God for us is our sanctification and to abstain from sexual immorality. And you know, in Hebrews chapter 13, I think verse 3 or verse 2 also, the scripture says that marriage is honorable amongst all men and the bed on the filed both fornication and adultery the lord will judge okay you see that from the scripture it is clearly expressed that god abhor some things one of them is sexual immorality another one is divorce so it does not matter the conditions that want to bring those things to play in your life in contrary to what god had 
instituted your reason for going contrary to what god had revealed in his counsel as to what he had designed to be will not be justified that's what i mean by eternal truth certain revelations of god consistent with his nature and character which are unchanging as unchanging as is unchanging rather you know it is in hebrews chapter 6 we read that by two immutable things it is impossible for god to lie and you know before we could speak about the fact that it is impossible for him to lie the apostle first bring home the fact that by two unchangeable principles so there are unchangeable facts of god which we must know and this we include that we look into god's designs god's promises what god had ordained you know apostle paul was writing to the corinthians christians he says that we speak wisdom among the wise the wisdom which the rulers of this world had not known and then you know says uh, if they had known they would not have crucified a lot of glory went on to talk about the fact that and this wisdom is foolishness to people in the world and it places god that through the foolishness of the gospel um that many will be saved then in particular what i want to pick is the fact that apostle paul emphasized that this wisdom which is foolishness to the world which is the message of the cross is the wisdom god had ordained for our glorification so there are things god had put in place as principles as plans that nothing can affect nothing can change that is how he had ordained them to be and that is what they will be and no circumstance no excuse no situation in your life will warrant their shifts and this includes his plans his promises for you his provision for your protection his provision for your security his provision for your well-being everything that covers god's intentions god's plans and god's um, system of operations hallelujah let me read a couple of scriptures in order to establish the truth of this fact let's start from romans chapter 1 verse 20 verse 16 to 20 romans chapter 1 from verse 16 to 20 for i am not ashamed of the gospel of christ for it is the power of god to that is to save everyone who believes for the jews first and also for the greek so god's plans in salvation is all inclusive it includes all races all humanity no one is excluded no one is alienated meanwhile individuals can choose to alienate himself from that plant so paul said i will not stop preaching the gospel because it it is the plans of god to save a man or it's god's way of bringing man back to himself or a way of god helping a man it is an all-inclusive plan of god for humanity now look at verse 17 which is one of my emphases see for in it that is in the gospel in the righteousness of god revealed from faith to faith at as it is written the just shall live by faith now what i want to turn your attention to is the statement for in it that is it is in the gospel the righteousness of god is revealed which means that it is in the gospel god reveals to us truths that helps us to live as we ought to or truth that has to do with our relationship or our work with with him or that has to do with what he requires of us in order to live rightly as we ought to i don't know whether you get to that now the word righteousness is the word dkucine a man in the state he ought to be but in the very simple and open explanations you can say righteousness is the ability to stand before god without any sense of guilt or inferiority complex is the ability to be right with god because of meeting certain requirements or because of doing that which pleases him 
and of course you know we became righteous because of the works of christ but the truth i'm bringing home is very simple that in the gospel of jesus christ is contained the truth that makes us to be rightly aligned with god so we want to examine those truths that makes us live rightly hallelujah now let's go to i will not read the rest of the scriptures because of time let's go to romans chapter 3 and in romans chapter 3 i want to show you that it is god's plan that we do not fall short of every of his plan and purpose in our life he wants us to walk in the reality of everything that he had prearranged or packaged for our well-being and we are going to see that in romans chapter 3 verse 21 now let's speak from 20 to 26 if you are able to get there okay let's just read to 25 for time's sake i just want to cut those scriptures so that we can see the main picture or see the main important things hallelujah glory be to god forevermore all right romans chapter 3 verse 21 from verse 20 therefore by the deeds of the law no flesh will be justified in the sight now when paul mentioned that by the deeds of the law no one will be justified paul categorically speaks to the jewish audience regardless of where they live because when we talk about the delivery of the law or the giving of the law the law was not given to all humanity as a matter of fact to be more precise it was not given to the gentiles because when you read the scriptures that the old scriptures is stratified into two races the jews of god that is those ones in covenant with god and the gentiles the outcasts those ones who chose to follow their inclinations and choose to serve idols so god through the prophets stratified the world into two and then the lord gave the law to moses and moses being the first leader of the jews represent an institution that is established by god revealing to mankind what god delights in and what makes him to to be pleased with man so we can say that the law was given by moses of course therefore did this by the law by this of the law no flesh shall be justified in his sight for the by the law is the knowledge of sin now the law of moses is not able to do what god has in mind for mankind so for those of us who would not receive the law what became a law to us is our conscience you know apostle paul in romans chapter 2 talks about the fact that the gentiles who had not received the law but by following their conscience had become the doer of the law then it says it's not only the doer of the laws it's not only the hearers of the law that are justified by the doer but then apostle paul bring closely to the law the conscience of man so what the law was to the jews is what the conscience of man is to every other race of mankind but just as the law could not help these people although it shows them what is right our conscience also is not able to help us do the right thing although it can reveal to us what is the right thing are you following all right so by the deeds of the law by my conscience by my morals by my disciplines i cannot fulfill what god wants so the eternal truth are the truths that god revealed which by man's standing cannot live by them it takes the holy ghost and the spirit of god to live by them that's number one thing eternal truth also means that that which of god is revealed which are not from the ordinances of men they are not men's ordinances they are not men you know ideology they didn't come from man thinking men's thinking they are from god and they are of god you know in romans chapter one I didn't read it i skipped it because of time but let me quickly explain that in romans chapter one let's go back there again verse 19 apostle paul identifies the truth to be what may be known of god what is manifested of god what god had revealed 
about himself. So the truth or eternal truth has to relate with what is revealed of God, what is known of God. And it has to do with your life. It's not about God himself. It has to do with his dealings with us and what he requires of us and how he wants us to live and his provisions for us. Now, okay, let's see that Romans chapter 1 verse 18 through to 20. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. You get that? Why is God going to judge the nations of the earth? Because they suppress the truth. And what is about this truth? Verse 19 says, Because what may be known of God is manifest to them. So what is identified to be truth here is what is known of God. What God had ordained would be the system of oppressions. You know, every organization has its rules or its regulations. Okay or what is called um, the code of conduct that is given to every member of staff or every staffers in that organization. That is the truth that guides the operations of the organizations. So God, in the same way, have that sex of truth, which he had revealed. He didn't, he, didn't, he, didn't, he didn't come up with those rules and keep them to himself and looking out to uh, humanity to force them in order to judge them. He would have been a bitter God and he would have been you know, a very terrible God. But no, he reveals to us what he wants. You know, the psalmist says that um, you desire truth in the inward part and so that you may be justified when you speak. So God judges mankind or we judge the race of humanity because of iniquity. They know the truth and the truth is the which may be known of God which is manifested to them for God has shown it to them. That which is shown, that which has been revealed by God. There are certain things you know. That, you know, God abhors. For instance, the scripture told us in Malachi chapter 3 that God hates divorce. He said he had made you and your partner of one spirit. Because he wants a seed. Then he says that why are you dealing treacherously, unfaithfully with your partner? He says God wants a seed. He wants a godly seed and said, The Lord God of heaven hates divorce. This is one of the things he had revealed about himself, which is truth about him. That was why he said that the truth we talk about has to be consistent with God. For since verse 20, for since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. So Apostle Paul gave us a few examples or a few highlights of the things that are consistent with God, that are eternal truth. Number one is its eternal power, its unchanging power. The Godhead that is um, the God of heaven and earth. Its eternal power and Godhead. So we are without excuse. Verse 21. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God. So the truth also includes those things we know of God which we fail to recognize or walk in. No, we are thankful. They became fertile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. Now let's go to chapter 3. I want to pick something in chapter 3. But I have to go back to chapter 1 so that I can bring home that truth. Alright, chapter 3. Now because of time we are going to jump Okay, now let's go to verse 21. But now the, the righteousness of God apart from the Lord is revealed. You see the emphasis of Romans chapter 1 verse 17 now. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed. Now Romans chapter 3 verse 21 says that for now the righteousness of God apart from the Lord is revealed, being witnessed by the Lord and the prophet. So this had been witnessed meant that this had been expressed, had been articulated, had been revealed by the Lord and the prophet, even the righteousness of God through faith in Christ Jesus, how to be right with God that is revealed in faith in the Lord Jesus, to all and on all who believe, for there is no difference, for all have sinned and come short of God. So one of the reasons why God had to reveal this truth to us is because man had become disqualified of God's provision. Of God's provisions. So this truth we speak about also covers the provisions of God for mankind. Okay, now we're going to stop there. Now the emphasis here is verse 23. For all have sinned 
and come short of the glory of God. So this truth has to do with the fall of man, with the restoration of man, and with the glory of God. That is what God has in store for man. Despite the fall. You know where you get this? So that's what we want to look at. Hallelujah. And why must God reveal this truth to us? He has to reveal it to us because man being who we are, we are limited. And aside, life is supernatural. And the events of life and how they turn out are actually spiritual. So man in his five senses, no matter how painstaking, how careful, how meticulous he is, cannot live as he ought to without being exposed to. The truth of God. That is why Apostle Paul said he had made known to me by revelation the hidden secrets that were not revealed in ages past. So events in life are self-induced, but they are spiritually influenced. The more reason why God had to reveal to us his mind. So what is about the truth? The truth set free. Now let's 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 look at um you know you know um John chapter 8. John chapter 8. Verse 31 to 36. We're going to read very fast. Now, Jesus here shows us one, what the truth is, to how the truth comes, and three, what the truth does. Okay. From 31. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him. So the truth comes to those who believe in Jesus. And that is why Apostle Paul emphasizes in those scriptures we saw in Romans chapter 1 and chapter 3 respectively. Emphasized the righteousness of God that comes to humanity. And then in emphasizing this righteousness, he emphasized the fact that it comes through a person, through Jesus. So Christ said to the Jews who believed on him. If you continue in my word, you are my disciples indeed. Mark the word continuity in my word, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. In other words, what reveals the truth is the word. So when you continue in the word, the truth comes. So truth comes by the word of God, and it comes in continuity, in staying with the world. So one of the benefits of studying the word of God is that it brings you to the point where you know God's mind for your life. You know his mind for your finances. You can't walk with God and you walk in darkness. Little wonder Christ said, I am the light of the world. Whoever believes in me will not walk in darkness. And that's just the truth. Alright. And you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. So it is in staying with the word of God that the truth comes. And he answered, we are Hebrew descendants and have never been bounded to anyone how can you say you shall know that you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Most actually, I say to you, whoever commits sin is a slave of sin. You can see that the truth has also to do with man's spiritual positioning before God. The fact of sin. All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Although they knew him, they did not glorify him as God. And God had given them to the appropriate mind. Say, for this reason, God, the, 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 the wrath of God is poured against all unrighteousness and ungodliness of man who suppress the truth with a lie. So, the truth has to do with godliness, God's kind of life, and righteousness, how we ought to live. So, the truth is God's plan, God's revelation concerning our life in the flesh and concerning how he wants us to live it. So, it has to do with man, man's relationship with God. It has to do with man's um, choice not to work in God's revealed counsel. And see that when Christ narrows down the fact of the truth, he narrates it or he narrows it down to the fact of sin. And what is sin? Sin is the transgression of the law, the commandment of God. It is all righteousness. It is living a life other than the one that is prepared and planned and given to us or designed for us by God. I don't know whether you are coming to light now. So Jesus Christ said, look, I'm not talking about physical bondage. I'm talking about the spiritual bondage. And he answered them, I said to you, and I'm sure of what I'm talking about, that whoever commits sin is a slave to sin. So the freedom that the truth gives to us is freedom from sin. And sin is bondage. 
Sin makes you want to be short of God's plan. For all have sinned. What is the damaging effect of sin? It makes mankind to come short, to be disqualified, to be disconnected from God's eternal plan for him. And you know that the world in which we live today is dominated by falsehood. Many marriages had broken away because of falsehood. Many businesses had collapsed because of falsehood. Our society is eroded of its values. Poverty had clung on our gates because of falsehood. Deception everywhere. In fact, the world and the system of the world thrived on falsehood. But it is the plan of God to bring us into truth. Concerning our work with Him, concerning our health, concerning our finances, concerning our marriage, in every sphere of our life, everything that has to do with our well-being. So it is never God's intention to keep you in the dark. If there is any area of your life that you are struggling, that things are not working well, it is the area of your life where you need the truth and you need the light of God. And for this light has to, I mean this truth and of course this light, has to affect your positioning. Freedom from sin. And if there's anything that has caused humanity pains, tears, regrets, woes, fears, and all of those, it is the fact of sin. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All man, no one is excluded. But bless God, Jesus Christ came to reveal to us God's requirements. To reveal to us how we can get right, right on track with the Father. Alright, let's get there. Verse 35, and a slave does not abide in the house forever, but the son does abide forever. So sin makes one a slave. Therefore, if any man, therefore, if the son makes you free. Now, note, Christ said, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. Then Christ said, Look, that truth you have got to know is me. If the Son of God makes you true, makes you free, you shall be free indeed. In other words, when you come to begin to interact with the realities of God as He had captured for you, one thing you come in contact is in contact with is that you come in contact with the Christ of God. Who then makes you free? Therefore, if the Son of God makes you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son of God makes you free. So consistent interactions with the word of God brings man into truth. Hallelujah. And truth is God's destiny for a man. Look at Titus, which is the last scriptures I'm going to explain. Then we look at certain facts as we run off. Hallelujah. Titus chapter 1, verse 1 to 2. And we are going to see... Verse 14. And maybe one more scriptures in from Timothy just to see some few things there also. Then I highlight some things and we close. Paul, a born servant of God. Mark the word born servant of God. I'm reading from the KJV version. An apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect, and the acknowledgement of the truth which accords to godliness. So the first truth, the Holy Ghost will be reviewed here to you is that one thing the truth does for you is that it brings you to live the God kind of life. Never you forget what I've read to you in Romans chapter 1 verse 17 that for 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 for, for sin. Okay, let's pick that accurately. I, I, I want us to see that scripture and I want to pick the actual text of the scripture so that I won't say the wrong thing. Verse 18, for the wrath of God, God's displeasure, God's anger, God's judgment is revealed is poured from heaven against all ungodliness so what is god judging ungodliness what is god judging the unrighteousness of men and what does that include it includes the fact that that nature that way of living suppresses the truth in unrighteousness and when you come to 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 to, to titus like i've shown you so that apostle paul emphasized the end of the truth, the end of the truth is to make you to walk in godliness, in God kind of life. So the truth I have known helps to position my life and bring me into alignment with God. So you cannot know the truth and you go around sleeping with your neighbor's wives or go around sleeping within your neighborhood. So the truth is the revelation of what God intends for you. Now, let me read from the Gideon 
international version. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ for the sake of the faith of God's elect. He was made an apostle. Now, the word apostle is the Greek word apostolos and means a messenger with a message. A person that is sent on errand that does not represent his opinion. So, Paul was saying that, look, I am a messenger. All that I'm teaching you are what God had communicated. So, the truth also includes God's divine communication, God's counsel. But this is where I'm going. It says, I am giving this message for the six of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth. So, the reason why God had brought to us the gospel of the message is to bring us into the truth. To the knowledge of the truth. And the end of the truth is that it occurs with godliness. That is, it is in the truth there is the revelation of how to live. So, the fact is that a truth, a truth or the truth reviewed about God is what 1,000 promises of the scriptures without an understanding of God. A truth or the truth revealed about God is what 1,000 promises of the scriptures without a truth. And the truth here has to do with God's unchanging facts, God's unchanging truth, truth, God's unchanging realities, God's unchanging plans, and it includes His love, His graces, for you and let me tell you this whatever your life is like and whatever reality you're working in you can consciously program yourself of you can consciously program yourself out of anything and everything that violates god's plans for you you can consciously program yourself out of anything and everything that you know are undesirable in your life you can program yourself out of every undesirable experiences or realities. And that's what the truth does. It helps to reprogram your life. It helps to channel it in the direction it ought to go. And some of the truths you have got to know is the truth concerning the eternal depravity of man. All men sinned and come short of the glory of God. You have got to know the truth about the atonement and the sacrifice of Christ. You know, in that Romans chapter 3, after Apostle Paul told us that all men sin and come short of the glory of God, then he told us that we are now justified by the works of Christ. Now look at Romans chapter Romans chapter chapter 3, verse 23. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Now look at verse 24. Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in Jesus Christ. In other words, this scripture captures one, the eternal truth concerning the depravity of man and also captures the truth about man's atonement, Christ's sacrifice and the potency of the works of Christ which includes redemption, restoration, reconciliation, reinstallation and our oneness with the Father. The potency. And you have got also to come home to identify with the fact of God's immutability and immortality. It is an eternal truth of God you must know. God cannot change. It remains faithful. And there's any revelation of truth you have got to enter into is the revelation of the fact of God's faithfulness. It cannot fail. Another truth you must come into is the truth of the glory of the power and the graces and of the love of God and of the blessings of God which he had given to us. You have got to know that they are first they are available in God. And they are available for our own good. Other truth you have got to come home with. Or come to terms with. Is the limitation. The wickedness. And the brevity of life. In Genesis the scripture says that God decided to destroy the world Noah lived in because of the imaginations of man is wicked and because of their wickedness and this nature of man, this truth of man are consistent with him. The scripture says that his imaginations is wicked all the time, continually. So without Christ you are lost. There's no other way about it. It's not a criticism. It's not, you know, trying to impose a religion. It's a fact. It's an eternal truth. 
all men sinned and come short of the glory of God. For God so loved the world as a way of trying to provide solutions to the conditions of man. He gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have everlasting life. But the scripture now went on to say that whoever does not believe the son is condemned is an eternal truth. You can't change it. And like I said, the truth revealed about God is worse than one million promises to come to quote. And now many people are out there who are quoting promises and who never seek to know the Father. And you have got to know that in First Peter chapter 1 verse 3, the scripture told us that he had given us great and exceeding promises so that these promises can be an exchange providing us a ground by which we come partake of his nature. So, by the promises of the scriptures, God does not just want to put something in our hands. He wants to put something in our being. And all he wants to put in our being is himself. God told Abraham in Genesis chapter 15 verse 1, he said, Abraham, I am your reward and your, I am your shield and your exceeding, that is, your inexhaustible great reward. That's what God wants to do. Gifting himself to us. Hallelujah. So whatever your life is now, you can consciously program yourself out of every undesired realities that are contrary to God's design or to God's plan for your life. Another truth we have got to say to is that work is inevitable. Work is pos- is, is, is purposeful. Work is golly. Work is legal. Work is moral. And is the first step to break out of a restrained life of poverty god ordained the man to work so it's an eternal truth god only blesses man and blesses him through the works of his hand you know in genesis chapter 2 verse 1 and 2 the scripture says that and god completed the work he has started and he rested so god himself worked in in uh, you know you know i i think um in in in, in john chapter 8 after christ healed that man at uh Bed. See that is it that man at bed? See that John chapter 8. I, I don't want to go into details now, but what I want to pick is that Christ said that my father had been working and so I am working. My father has been working, so I am working. So Christ reveals the father, the father works. The father works, and if the father works, then you have got to work. So work is inevitable. You want to become better at anything, you have got to work. You want to earn a living, you have got to work. Prayer is not the pathway for financial freedom, it is work. Another truth you have got to come in terms with, you have got to understand and work in the reality, is that these spiritual truths, we call truths, are eternal truths. And they do two things to you. One, they bring you into liberty. Christ says you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. Number two, they produce out of your life the God kind, the God kind of life. Apostle Paul says that Paul, the born servant of Jesus, an apostle of God, according to the faith of God's elect and according to the truth that makes them to be godly. For the truth brings celebrity and makes us to be godlike. So any fact, any truth, any comment, any notion, every opinion, every you know, every every every, every suggestion of man, whether medical, whether philosophical, whether physiological, whether you know psychological, that is not consistent with how God intends to work. Maybe concerning your health, maybe concerning your marriage, is not the truth. So truth which are consistent with God and with his nature, with his plans, are only regarded as truth. So, eternal truths are truths which are consistent with God, consistent with his plans, consistent with his original intentions as to how man ought to live, consistent with his nature. Hallelujah. Truths are consistent with God. They are rooted in Him. They are not just man's ideology. Although they can be ideological because mankind is ideological. And oftentimes when God wants to communicate eternal truth to us, He brings them in form of ideologies. But they are not ideologies. They are spiritual realities. 
So they are not just only content in God, they are consistent with God and they are God's coined ideologies for us, which are meant to give us experiences. So, work and service are a means of survival and a means of creating your desired life, nothing else. Why do you know this? The world is full of the deception. Falsehood has destroyed the race of man's generations. Every now and then, the world is dark and dreadful because of falsehood. Falsehood in the forms of myths, in the forms of tradition, in the forms of, of rumor, in the forms of stigmatization, in the forms of audible events and circumstances. And sometimes there is a way those circumstances proceed to their life in order to, to enforce themselves and bring themselves as the realities. But I tell you, they are not realities. Realities are only contained in the word of God to us. So if you want to know God's plan for your life, get into the world. Get into the world. You will know the truth. And the truth will make you free. So truths are consistent with God. Hallelujah. So what are the truths? Or what is the truth? Number one, Christ is the truth. In John chapter 14, he told his disciples, he said, I'm going to the Father. I'm going to prepare a place for you. Then, then Philip and, and Thomas began to raise questions. And Jesus' response to their question was that, I am the way, I'm the truth, and the life. And he explains what he means by this. He was not just making an ambiguous statement. He said, no one comes to the Father. I said by me, so when Christ says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he speaks of one thing, our coming to the Father. Our walk with the Father. Well, of course, you can apply that to mean that, to mean that well, is the way to have a, a buoyant life, to have an abundant life, to have a large life, to have a fulfilled life, to have a successful life. Good and fine, but primarily you have got to understand the context from which Christ spoke first, which is the fact that I am the way to the Father. I have come to reconcile, I have come to show you what the Father requires of you so the way to the father also means that i am the one that shows you the way you ought to live as the father demands from you it's creature number two number two truth is also our identity with christ our exalted position that is our status with christ and then the reality that we came in now in christ ephesians chapter 2 Ephesians chapter 2 says that now in Christ we have been reconciled. He broke down the middle wall of partition. Let's see that scriptures. Ephesians chapter 2. There are a lot of scriptures coming to the spirit, but we can we can we can see them. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared before, and that we should walk in them. Mark it. There is a work prepared for you to walk in them. He said, You are his crafted man he created you purposefully for an assignment so the truth entangles our status and what god intends to do with life and do with him and what he intends to do with us and check it carefully for time's sake uh, we have to jump some some scriptures let's go to verse 13 but now in christ see our state now in christ but now in christ Jesus, you who were once afar off as a as a brought near by the blood of jesus christ for he made himself for he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of partition. So he's our peace. Hallelujah. He's our peace. We are reconciled to him. Hallelujah. Now look at um, Romans chapter, chapter 7. Verse 5 and 6. For when we were in the flesh, the sinful passions which were aroused by the law, we are to walk in our members to be a fruit to death. That was a description of our life and the life of all humanity before we came in contact with Christ. But look at verse 6. But now we have been delivered. Now, there is a reality we came into, which is the part of the truth we have got to interact with or fellowship with it. We have got to fellowship with this truth. Now, there is the reality of the past. It's very pathetic that many people are still living in their past. The pains, the regret, the mistake, the errors, the background, and those things that haunted them in the past, although now they've come to Christ, they still allow those things to infiltrate their lives. It is abnormal. 
But now in Christ, we have been delivered from the law. Having died to what? We were held by. Glory to God. Nothing is holding you. You are now free. Glory to God. No past. Yes, you might have suffered divorce. God can refix you. And can refix your marriage. Whether by union or by making you whole and healthy. Hallelujah. So we should serve in the newness of the spirit. That is serving this consciousness. Let this become your consciousness. Let this reality consume you. So it's not just enough to know the truth. You have got to come to the place where you become obsessed to them. Until you become one with them and they become your reality. Hallelujah. So the truth is our identity with Christ. Our exalted position and our reality now in Christ. Jesus Christ told the Jews who believe on him. If you continue in my word, you shall be my disciples indeed. You shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. For ever since is a slave of the devil and a slave is a servant and a servant does not abide forever. That thing you have been so much engrossed in. Drunkenness, uh, bribery, um, molestation, um, you know, all of those evils that even your own self by your own self you know are very bad and you are you, you you keep procrastinating and you keep hoping you become better in fact by your strength you cannot become better you have better come to god and number two if you keep doing them they will wipe you away the world passes away and the lost thereof but only those who do the will of god abides if you want to live forever now in this world and the world to come you have got to come to the place where you come to submit to the eternal truth the unchanging facts of god So the truth comes by the word. So what is the truth? The truth comes by the word. By the word of God. By the word of God. Apostle Paul says the truth of God's elect that brings them to live the God kind of life. That brings them into godliness. Number four. The will of God is also referred to as the truth of God. The will of God is also God's eternal truth. And the will of God includes God's desires for us, God's plans for us, which includes His provision, His protection, His plans for us, His blueprint for our existence on earth. Our Father in heaven, Christ taught His disciples to pray. How low be your name, your kingdom come, and your will be done on earth. Apostle Paul says, In malice be babe, but understand the will of God. 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 Understand the will of God in Romans chapter 12. Apostle Paul said, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. By the renewing of your mind. So the truth aches the will of God. And the will of God simply means the intentions of God, the plans of God. The plans of God. What was on his mind and what is on his mind for you? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the lord is so the understanding of the will of god is truth so there's anything a man okay should find out and should seek to serve is the will of god david haven't served his generation out by the will of god so we live by the will of god so find out god's plans god's will for you god's intention for you and to find that it will not be accidental you have got to consciously sit with the word of God. So, to find the will of God is to sit with the word of God. And by the help of the Holy Ghost to be able to discern them and be empowered to live them. Look at Romans chapter 12 verse 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, and that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, only acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. This is how to live your life, presenting your bodies to God. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the way you think, that you may be, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So one of the things the will of God does to us is that it helps us to prove how to live, to lay hold on the which is truth. It immunizes and guides us against deception. Many people had fall had fallen rather victims of falsehood. But you have got to refuse to be victim of falsehood and deceptions and deceit in your life. Many homes, many homes had crumbled because of falsehood. 
is in the truth of God, you begin to learn to discern people and discern conditions. Many a times Christ will come and then listen to people. In fact, he will not listen to them. He will just look at their face perhaps. Then we know what is in their heart. Nothing in the heart of man was hidden to him. And in fact, in John chapter 2 verse 24, the scripture says that Christ did not commit himself to man because he, know, he knows what was in man. What brings you to the plane where you can discern man, you can discern their motives, good or bad, is when you have so much interacted with the, with the, with the word of God. How was Apostle Peter able to know that Ananias and Sapphira's were lying? Because he has interacted with the, with the, with the facts of God. Never you forget that Eve mixed it. The whole of human race mixed it. Because Eve cannot discern falsehood. If you know how many people falsehood had damaged, how many homes it had broken, how many people he had wrecked their life without any preparations or pre-knowledge, you will value truth. You will value the truth. So if there's anything that is the cry of your heart, it should be that God will cause you to come to the truth that will bring your freedom and that will make you to be able to discern conditions even in your own life. And even the conditions of others. That it will bring to the place that every veil in your heart is taken away. Such that you know as you are known. Hallelujah. Number five. What is the truth? The truth is also identified as the gospel. The word of truth. The message of our salvation. Which includes the message that brings about our freedom, our deliverance. Our words. Our peace, our safety, our security, our hope. And when you read Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 11 to the 10 to 13, Apostle Paul says that it is the gospel that is the message of truth. Ephesians chapter 1 from verse 13. 13 from verse 11. Let's read from verse, from verse 11 to 13. In him also we have obtained an inheritance that is the truth. So truth also includes facts reviewed about us from the word of God. In him also you have, you have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will. So you are going to be doing yourself a great arm if you are not abreast of the counsel of his will. Because God works nothing in the world, in your life, and even the body of Christ outside the counsel of his will. So your preoccupation as an individual and much more as a believer is to find out the will of God and enter into that reality. He works all things according to the counsel of his will that we who first trusted in Christ should be the praise to be should be to the praise of his glory. So we have a leverage. We are at an advantage knowing Christ. Hallelujah. Now verse 11 Verse 13, you also you trusted after you have heard the word of truth. The gospel of your salvation. In other words, Paul says, after you have heard the truth and the truth is the gospel of salvation. In which, after you have believed, you receive the Holy Spirit of promise with the guarantee of the inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. In other words, until you come in contact with the truth of God, you cannot uncode, you cannot break, you cannot unveil the inheritance, the provisions that are rightfully yours in God. In James chapter 1, Apostle James also said something very similar. James chapter 1, verse 16 to 18. Do not be deceived, my beloved brethren. Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes from the Father of light, of whom there is no variableness or shadow of turning. That is the fact about God. Then verse 18, and of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth. Now the word brought forth means he makes us one with himself. He brings us into existence. He makes us to live. By the word of truth. So it is by the truth we live. It is by the truth we exist. So if you are not living in the truth, you are not living. You are dead. Number six. The truth also is referred or regarded as the words of Jesus. The teaching of Jesus. 
the word of God. Christ said in John chapter 8 that everything I speak, I do not speak of myself. I speak as I hear my father. So the word of Jesus is teachings. The word of God are also regarded as a truth. As a truth. Christ said, go ye in the, in the world and make disciples of all nations, teaching them the things I have commanded you. For the things he has commanded are the truths of God. Hallelujah. And lastly, truth includes God's act, God's love, God's miracle, God's power, his ability to deliver. To save, to protect, to come to your aid. And in that wise, you have got to know that God's word, God's truth, contrasts man's opinions and views. And of course, God does not think as man thinks. That's what justify that fact. And the scripture says that for as the heavens are far to the earth, so are his thoughts and us. So to know the truth of God, you have got to see God's supernatural interventions into the situations of man and how he was able to turn them around for their good. And this is necessary if you are going to have hope. If you are not going to lose heart, if the devil is not going to deceive, deceive you and defeat you. Now look at Psalm 78. That's one of my scriptures. I want to show you the danger of not... Being abreast of the truth of God that is captured in his acts with the fathers or in his acts with men who had gone ahead of us or who had worked with him before us. Psalm chapter 7 and 8. We are going to read long verses until I'm able to touch. Okay, let's read from um, um, verse, verse, um, verse 2 to verse 8. I will open my mouth in parable. I will utter dark things of all. Dark things means things that had happened you do not know of. Or things that had happened but you don't have the details. You have not seen them in their real picture. Okay. I will utter dark things from old. Which you have heard and known. And our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Telling to the generations to come the praises of God. Now the word praises of God there means the of God and Apostle Peter picked this up by saying when he wrote that we are children, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, God's own nation, that we may proclaim the praises of him who called us out of darkness. Now, the word praises there does not mean praise and worship or singing, the word praises there means the acts of God, the doings of God, the miracles of God, his miracles in nature, his miracle of defense, his miracle of deliverance, his miracle of protection, his miracle of love, of glory, of protection. Hallelujah. So the facts of God is also revealed in his acts to deliver. In what he had done in time past. So you must keep abreast of this. If the devil wants to, you know, to corner you up or to, to, to butt you up in a mess, Come with a tool, and one of the tools is the fact of what God has done in time past. That was how David was able to bring down the head of Goliath and summon courage. He told Goliath, "Say, look, the God who delivered me from bear from bears and lions, say, we deliver me from this uncircumcised Philistines." So the acts of God in time past is a leverage for you. We will not hide them from their children, telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and his strength and his wonderful works that he had done. For he established a testimony in Jacob. Mark the word testimony. That he has, he has put a, an, an, an attestation, a pointer to what he can do by showing us what he had done in time past. He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel. Which he commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. So the acts of God are the works of God. But to keep his commandment, I may not be like their fathers, a stubborn and rebellious generation, a generation who did not set their hearts aright, and whose spirit was not faithful to God. Why was their spirit not aright? Because they are not abreast of the acts of God in time past. Then he gave us an example of a tribe. Verse 9. The children of Ephraim bring armed and carrying balls. Bows, they had weapons. They turned back in the day of battle. Why? 
It was not because they lack weapons. They had all they did to fight the battles, but they cannot fight the battles still. Why? Because they did not keep the commandment of the Lord. They refused to walk in His law. They forget His works. These are reasons. He gave us three. One, they did not keep His law. Two, they forget His works. Three, they did not keep His commandment. They forget his works and his wonders that he shown them. Marvelous things he did in the sight of their father in the land of Egypt. In the field of Zoan, he divided the Red Sea and caused them to pass through. He made waters to stand up like a heap. In the daytime also he led them with a cloud. Let's stop there. So the truths are the acts of God. So those things we read from the scriptures are not made they are not fictitious stories. They are not to scam you. They are realities. And they are the only tools by which God will bring deliverance to your soul. From whatever you are going through. So I are going to say, Father, help me to keep abreast of your plans such that I will not fall victims of falsehood in my life. I will not be a victim of falsehood. I will not be a victim of depression. Help me. Help me. Can you pray in the name of Jesus? Malako Shatalaba. Help us, Jesus.